Amen. We are so excited to get into a new series this month. We are now in the month of April. Amen. And we're going to get into a new series uh, that we entitled a, a Stewardship. Stewardship. Let me know that God uh, desires and expects, amen, for us to be stewards of that which he has entrusted to us. And so this month, we're going to be looking at a few areas in regards to stewardship and those specifics that God has entrusted, amen, to us to manage wisely, amen? How many of you want to manage wisely the things that God has given to you? Amen? We're blessed. First Peter chapter 4, if you have your Bibles tonight, or if you have your phones, turn with me to the First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Here we find our series text. It says this, and it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Let's pray this evening. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this day that you have made. Lord, I pray right now that your word would come across, Lord God, clearly, Lord, with authority and with love. Father, help us to apply your word into our lives, and we will see the blessings of obedience. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Tonight, on the topic of stewardship, we're going to be looking at the at us being a steward of time. I entitled this message tonight, Redeem the Time. Redeem the Time. And the first thing I wanted to look at tonight is a very important part of understanding what stewardship is all about and how we are to practice this in our life and to and to make this applicable in our lives how do we how can we how can we be good stewards of that which god has entrusted to us what does that even mean well it means simply this it means that we are managing something that belongs to someone else see the first point tonight is that we are not the owner I remember renting this house and, and the landlord gave us all the instructions of, of how or what we can and can't do in her home. And I remember she was telling me that uh, nothing is to be on the walls unless it, unless it is hung by either a small nail or some, or some Velcro sticky things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. See, I want to hang my TV on the wall. You don't understand. I need to, I need to make sure that, that, you know, it's looking good like that. But all these things that she was telling me that we can or can't do made it very clear who the owner was. It made it very clear that this is not my home. That I was just 
managing it. That I was just being a steward of that which was entrusted to me. And it was made very clear because I couldn't do whatever I wanted. If I wanted to paint the inside of the house orange, I couldn't do it. I would never do that. But I couldn't do whatever I wanted because it wasn't mine. See, God has given us responsibilities to look after and resources to manage. See, the difference between an immature believer and a mature believer is stewardship. This is the difference here. Are you able to manage to use wisdom, amen, in managing what God has entrusted to you? Because God has given each and every one of us things to manage as is going to be brought out this entire month. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. Paul says these words, and he says, Haven't you learned that your body is the home of the Holy Spirit God gave you? And that he lives within you? He says, Your own body does not belong to you. How many knew that? You thought it was yours, huh? <laughs> he says, For God has bought you with a great price. He says, So use every part of your body to give glory back to God because he owns it. Mm. I don't know, maybe, maybe that was news for some of you tonight. That you are not your own. That you are God's. You are not able to do whatever you want to do. Contrary to popular belief, we, we are accountable for that which he has entrusted to us. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. In the Garden of Eden, we find Adam and Eve. And God gave everything to Adam and Eve to enjoy, to partake of. But he made one tree for them to stay away from. For them to not eat the fruit from. He says, everything else is yours. Except for this one tree. You see, what was God telling Adam and Eve? He was saying that, I own that tree. As a matter of fact, I own everything here. See, if you were the owner, then you can do whatever you want to do. But because I own this, there are rules. There are things that you must, that rules that you must abide by because you are not the owner. You are merely stewards. See, we don't own time. If you did, you would have full control over it, wouldn't you? You would be able to control when the sun rises and when the sun sets. But no one in here does. Why? Because you don't control time. You can't control how many days you have left on this earth. 
That is not in your control. The Bible says that tomorrow is not promised. It's an understanding that we don't control these things. So you can always get more money. You can always get more energy. But you cannot create more time. See, we don't own time, but we can use it. We can use it as stewards. We can use it as managers. God has made each and every one of us managers. You say, well, I didn't sign up for that. It doesn't matter. You are a manager whether you like it or not. We are accountable to our creator for that which he has entrusted to us. I know we've probably heard these things before, but let's look at how the average person spends their life. These numbers are based upon the average lifespan uh, in the U.S., which is 79 years. And in those 79 years, we will spend 26 years sleeping. 26 years sleeping. And on top of that, we will spend an additional seven years trying to get some sleep. Whether that be, you know, reading a book, tossing and turning, counting sheep, whatever you do. Additional seven years, that means 33 years you will spend in bed. 11 years and three months working. Now, you may think, well, I spend a lot more time working than that. We're talking about 24-hour days here. 11 years and three months of your life you will spend working. That's if you started at the age of 18 all the way up to the age of 65. 11 and a half years you will spend in screen time whether that be TV or social media. How about this one? Six years you will spend eating. It's a good one. Five and a half years driving a car. I'm sure those numbers will change with California. How about this? Six months sitting at stoplights. Oh, man. Here we go. 13 months on the toilet. <laughs> That's some good quiet time. Talk about time down the drain, huh? <laughs> How about getting ready? Men will spend 46 days of their life getting ready. Women will spend 136 days. I don't know. I, I think in our house it's probably like a tie, huh? <laughs> Here's one that just blows my mind. Eight months opening junk mail. Oh, man. I'm throwing them away from now on. I'm not even opening them. Five years 
waiting in lines, and 1.3 years exercising. These are a few examples of how many of us will spend most of our life. And the clock is ticking. Bruce Lee said this quote. He says, if you love life, don't waste time. For time is what life is made up of. See, it's very crucial for us to understand that time is not in our control. We don't own this. We are not the owners of the things that God has entrusted us with. So this entire month, when we are talking about stewardship and the many different areas of our lives that God has made us stewards over, we need to understand that we are not the owners of these things. They are God's. They are God's, and he's, gonna, he's going to ask us in the end, what did you do with that which I have given to you? We are going to be held accountable. Now, I don't want to scare anyone tonight, but we need to think about this. Redeeming the time. Our next point is to beware of time bandits. Beware of time bandits. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16. Paul says these words. And he says, so be careful how you live. He says, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. He says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. You see, we must be vigilant of those things that try to rob us of the most precious resource that we have, and that's time. I remember going to college after high school, not really having a purpose in going. I didn't know what I wanted to pursue, and I found myself failing classes. I had never failed any classes in my life before that point. What happened? I was living carelessly. There was no goal. There was, no, there was nothing that I was aiming at. I was living life with no purpose. I wasn't living life intentional. You see, the opposite of careful is careless. The Bible tells us not to be careless with our life, but instead to be careful. That means that you and I need to be intentional. We need to be deliberate in how we spend our time, in the things that we allow to, to utilize or take our time. Do you want to know what careless looks like? On average, we will spend around five hours on our phones each day. Now, of course, 
not all that time is fruitless. But being careful with your time means to be aware of how you spend it. And of whether you are spending on things that really matter. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 10, 23. He says, someone someone may say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is helpful. I'm I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything encourages growth. You see, although it may not be a sin to watch, you know, five hours of, you know, funny animal videos on YouTube. It might not be the best use of your time. Some things aren't necessarily wrong. They're just not necessary. And we need to understand this in life, is that although we may be doing things or spending time on things that aren't necessarily a sin, we need to be aware that this time we cannot get back. So let me live it with intention. Let me live it with purpose. Let me make sure that every second that I have is, is, is me making a deliberate effort to live with purpose. So we need to be careful with our days. Why? Because we only have so many. Beware of time bandits. So many things out there trying to grab our attention, trying to take from that which God seeks or has sought to give you and I. And that's that time. You can't get it back. I'm sure there's many things in our lives that we could think of that we wish we had a, uh, a second chance on or a do-over. But how many know that there's many things that you can't do over? There's many things that you just have to live with. And you just have to move forward. And you have to make every effort to not make those same mistakes again in our lives. But we can look back and we can see all of those time bandits in our lives that we have sadly allowed to take and to, and to try to rob See, but tonight, tonight what God seeks to do is for us to redeem that time. Amen? He seeks for us to redeem it. Redeem it. What does that mean? That means to save. Amen? What did Christ do for you and I? He redeemed us. Didn't he? Didn't he? Are any of you thankful for redemption? He saved you and I. We were, heading, we were heading on the fast track to hell. And Christ redeemed us with his blood. He saved us. And now we are so blessed 
to live a life with purpose. We are so blessed now to have a future. Before, our future was doom. Oh, but now our, victory is, our, our future is full of hope. It's a victory. Why? Because we were redeemed. You and I need to redeem that time. And next point here is we must value time. Psalm 39, verse 4, David writes these words. And he says, Lord, make me to know my end. And what is the measure of my days? That I may know how frail I am. Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths, and my age is as nothing before you. David says, certainly every man at his best state is but vapor. He says, Lord, show me. Show me my days so that I could understand how fast life is. So that, I could, so that I could make every effort to live my days with purpose. See, David is showing here his mindfulness of his brief time on earth. He clearly understands that he is not the owner of time. But he is just simply a steward. God, help me. Help me to make better use of my time. How many have ever asked God to do that in your life? God, help me to make, to make better use of my time. Oh, you ask him. You ask him, and I know he's going to show you how. I know that he's going to help you with that. Why? Because God has expected each and every one of us to be productive, a.k.a. fruitful. That's his intentions for you and I, is to bear fruit. And we know that we bear fruit when we are connected to the vine. But God wants us to be productive. He wants us to value time in our lives. I mean, know that after a productive day, you feel really good, don't you? Don't you? You sleep well after a hard day's work. But it's very hard to sleep, you know, if you watched, you know, five movies during the day. And you did absolutely nothing. You just vegged out. You said, today I have a day off, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be off. My brain is turned off. My phone, it's probably still on. (laughs) 
I'm not going to commit to anything today. This is all about me. And in those days that we do nothing, we don't feel good at the end. I know these feelings. I'm just like you. I've had these days before. And you don't feel like you accomplished much. You don't feel like it was a very productive day. You sometimes feel like, you know what? I just want to do over because I want to get some more sleep. <laughs> no, but I want to be more productive. I want to do things different tomorrow. There's so many things that I have to do that I put off that need attention. And God desires us for us to be productive in our lives. Earlier we discussed that the average lifespan is 79 years. That equates to about 29,000 days. 29,000 days. That means that if you are 30 years old, you've already lived 11,000 days. Now, I don't mean to say this to, to, to bring fear or worry, but I want us to be aware. I want us to look at the time and say, you know what, I'm going to live with purpose. Because I don't, I don't know when my last breath is going to be. But I, knew, but, but I do know that I still have time. There is still time. There is still time to be productive. There is still time to do what God has called me to do. There is still time to live intentional. There is still time, amen, to give to others. There is still time for me to utilize those things that I have learned over the years, amen, to help someone else. There is still time for me to be useful. And Paul writes this in Ephesians 5, 16. And he says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeem it. God has given us so much, so many opportunities. And this is what the enemy will try to steal in our lives is opportunities. Of us reaching out, of us being the hands and the feet of us being the mouthpiece of God, to be that testimony, to be that godly example to those around us. The enemy wants to steal opportunities. The enemy wants us to be in a place where we, where we say, I can't do that because I've done this. He wants to steal opportunities. But thank God for forgiveness, amen? Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for salvation. Thank God that we can still be used by him for great purpose and of great use.
just as Christ redeemed you and I, we too must save our time from being taken by these time bandits in our lives. Moses' words are recorded here in Psalm chapter 90 and verse 12. Moses says this, he says, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. See, if you don't know where your time goes, that's a dangerous signal. If it just gets spent on who knows what, there are some things that need to change in our lives. I read this quote, and it says, The bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. See, how we spend our time will either bring us success or distress. That will determine the outcome in our lives. And God wants you to be successful. That's why he says, I want you to bear fruit. What is bearing fruit? That is success. Amen. If you plant a fruit tree and it does not bear fruit, you were not successful. There may have been some steps that you maybe missed along the way. Maybe the soil wasn't that good. Maybe, maybe everything, you know, just, just didn't go as it, it, it should have went. But when you plant that fruit tree and it starts to bear fruit, amen, that is success. You can now enjoy the fruit of your labor. And this is what God says for us with our time. He desires for us to be successful. With the time that I have given to each and every one of you, no one in here has 24 and a half hours in a day. We all have the same time. Each and every one of us have 24 hours in a day. I didn't have 26 yesterday. I didn't have, you know, 30 hours the other day to, to, to write my sermon. I still had 24 hours. All the things that I had to do, I still had 24 hours. Nothing changed. How are you managing your time? What are you doing to be mindful and purposeful of every second that God has given to you and I? Now, I understand that we're not going to spend every second being purposeful. but to have a mindset, to put forth effort, to see that, hey, this is what I need to do. I'm going to purpose today to take care of this, this, and this. But I'm going to make sure to start my day in prayer. I'm going to make sure to start my day seeking God first. That's living life with purpose. That's allowing God to direct you. 
Because you can be someone who just wanders aimlessly, or you can be like that arrow in the hands of a sharpshooter, of a skilled individual. You are in the hands of God. You are in the hands of the Almighty. Amen? Allow God to point you and to guide you in His direction. Amen? On His path. See, if you could number your minutes and your hours, numbering your days will become easier for you and I. We have to start somewhere. Am I using my time to build a stronger marriage? Am I using my time to grow godly children? Am I using my time to tell friends, co-workers, and family about God's love? Am I using my time to serve others? How are you and I using our time? See, church, God is so gracious. He is. God is so gracious to us. And many times we can, we can think, oh, I'll do this tomorrow. I have, I have next week. But that's exactly what the enemy would want us to believe. Is that, oh, we have all the time in the world. That's why many people say no to God. Many people say, you know what, that's not for me. Now is not the time. I don't have time for the things of God. I don't have time for church. I don't have time for Bible study. I don't have time for prayer. God, do you know how busy I am? I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to teach my kids the Bible. I don't have time to work on my marriage. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. Does this sound like any of us today? We've all said this. But as I mentioned, God has given us the exact same time as everyone else in this room, as everyone else here on this earth. Each day is 24. Every single day, tomorrow is another 24 hours. How will you spend that time? God willing, tomorrow you wake up and you remember tonight's message. And you say, you know what? I'm going to live this day with purpose. I'm going to make great use of my time today. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to allow these time bandits to take that precious commodity that God has given to me. I'm not going to allow it. So I'm going to live with intention. And so I'm going to allow God to direct my life. 
I'm going to, I'm going to say yes to that which he is asking me to do. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to let someone know that God loves them. I'm going to let someone know that there is hope in Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm going to let people know that there is salvation waiting for them. That God loves them. And there is still time as the worship team comes forward this evening. You see, we must redeem. Redeem that time. Save it. Save it from destruction. Save it from being lost. This is what Christ did for you and I, church. Saved us from being lost. Redeemed us by His mighty hand. You and I, you and I have the opportunity and the privilege to properly manage that which God has entrusted to each and every one of us. To be stewards. To be stewards over time. Yes, we don't own it. God owns it. He's the owner of everything. He's the owner of everything that we have. The power that you have, the strength that you have, that comes from God. The ability to support yourself or your family, that comes from God. Each and everything, church, that you and I have. It's not ours. It's His. God has called each and every one of us to be wise managers. And he holds us accountable. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because without accountability, people run wild. Don't we? If we were accountable to no one, we would run wild. I guarantee it. The Bible even says it. So accountability is a great thing. It's a God thing. God says, I am holding you accountable so that you can be mindful. So that you can be made aware. So that your eyes would be open to see that that which God has given to us is precious. Church, it is precious. We all have it. We all have the ability to be stewards as God has called us to be as every head is bowed and every eye closed this evening.